What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about the differences between strength and hypertrophy. This is a question I get a lot on Instagram Q&As. It's a question I've answered in a carousel post, but I did feel that it deserved its own podcast just so I could expand a little bit on it. Um, we're going to focus a little bit more on the strength side of things because I feel like people understand the concept of like growing muscle. I think it's the, you know, well, then what the hell is strength part that confuses people? Like, how do I get stronger without getting bigger? That sort of question. How are they different? Because I feel like everybody understands what hypertrophy is, which is very simply, you know, uh, the increase in muscle size. But then how is that different from strength training? So that's the question we're going to address. And then we're going to go in a little bit more in depth. We're going to talk about uh, how the two types of training might be different. How do you choose which one's right for you? Can you do both? All of that good stuff. Alrighty, let's start with some definitions. Hypertrophy training. Training within a moderate rep range, something like five to 30, with moderate loads and sufficient volume to elicit growth in muscle size. Remember guys, these are also my definitions. You Google hypertrophy training, you might see some slightly different terminology. This is how I'm gonna be defining them. So hypertrophy training is training within a moderate rep range with moderate loads and sufficient volume to elicit growth in muscle size. Now, growth in muscle size, not to go too deep, it's either gonna come from an increase in actual tissue size or an increase in the fuel or substrates within the sarcoplasm of the muscle cell. Um, and you know, why is this an important thing? I'm gonna tangent for a second. This is relevant because when we talk about this like sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, this increase in fuel and substrates within the muscle cell, not an actual increase in, in tissue size, when you take two weeks off training, a week off training, five days off training, 14 days off training, and you feel like you look smaller, a lot of people are like, oh my God, I've lost muscle. What's actually happening is you've lost some of that fuel and substrate within the sarcoplasm, and you might look flatter. Now that isn't actually loss in muscle. You haven't lost muscle tissue, you haven't lost tissue size, you haven't shrunk, there's been no atrophy. Actually losing muscle is really difficult. Takes a long time, takes a long time of inactivity, up to about four weeks of inactivity, especially at maintenance with high protein. We don't see actual muscle tissue loss. You might look flatter because of some of this loss in uh, fuel or substrates within the sarcoplasm or sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Cool, just wanted to make that point. Strength training would be, well, let's say strength training is training with the main goal of lifting more weight. Right? And you will be training on average with heavier loads for lower reps to elicit more neurological adaptations than necessarily increases in muscle size. AKA your goal with strength training will be training so that you can lift more with the muscle you got versus hypertrophy training would be increasing the size of what you got. Now, muscle size is absolutely one factor that contributes to strength. The bigger muscle has the potential to be a stronger muscle. And we're gonna talk about that overlap. We're gonna talk about which one you should do. But yes, muscle size is absolutely one factor that affects strength. If you see a super jack dude and a really skinny dude, and you have to guess which one of them is stronger, you're gonna pick the person with more muscle. That is not the be all end all of strength, like we're gonna talk about in a second. We are really looking at these strength or these neurological adaptations, but muscle size is definitely one factor that, or one uh, thing that factors into strength, which is one of the many reasons that there is a lot of overlap. Now, I'm gonna give you guys some very basic analogies. Hopefully this is how it clicks in my head. Hypertrophy is getting bigger. It is about size. Strength is about getting better at lifting stuff, it is a skill. And so I think hypertrophy, size, strength, skill. Hypertrophy is getting bigger, strength is getting better. This analogy might be dumb, but this is how it, <laughs> this is a bad way to start a sentence, but this is how it works in my head. Let's say you had an army, you have 100 soldiers. That's your muscle tissue, it's a, a, at 100. That is the size of your muscle tissue, it is 100. It's the size of your army, you have 100 soldiers. 
Hypertrophy would be about going from 100 soldiers to 150 soldiers. You have more soldiers. Strength would be like taking your 100 soldiers, not going to 150, keeping that 100, but taking their pistols and upgrading them to like bazookas. And so it's about getting better, getting stronger, getting more efficient, like we'll talk about in a second, with the muscle that you currently have versus hypertrophy would be about growing that muscle. Cool. So hopefully that clicked for somebody. That analogy does kind of work for me. So we mentioned neurological adaptations. Neurological adaptations are what you are pursuing when you do strength training. You're trying to get stronger via neurological adaptation. So what are those? Well, your nervous system wants to do things efficiently. The more you perform a certain task, the more efficient your nervous system is going to be at performing that task. Like when you first start lifting, I think of the squat always. When you first start lifting and you first start squatting, you can probably add 10 pounds on the bar every week, five pounds on each side every week for a long time. And the strength gains that you see early on in training, you can't replicate those three, four, five years into training. Why is that? It's because when you first start squatting, you're very neurologically inefficient. Your body doesn't know how to squat well yet, right? Your nervous system wants to do things efficiently. It doesn't want to waste energy. The more you perform a task, the more efficient your nervous system will be at performing that task. And so the more you squat, the quote, better your body will get, your nervous system will get at doing the things it needs to do to squat well and to lift more weight. And so you, what you see is this rapid increase in strength when you start, we're going to use squat as an example, but when you start doing anything. Um, and a lot of this, if not most of these adaptations that are allowing you to lift more are neurological adaptations, not, oh my God, I'm so much bigger, right? If you add 50 pounds to your squat in the first six months or something, it's not because you added all this quad muscle, although you did. There are newbie gains in terms of hypertrophy, absolutely, but there are also newbie gains in terms of neurological gains. Now, the, the idea of newbie gains, by the way, is just a just a very general physiological concept that you will get better at something rapidly in the beginning and that that, that curve or the threshold to get better will, will rise over time. Um, again, so when you first start lifting and you start getting really strong right away, a lot of what's happening is your improvements in, uh, you're seeing improvements in neurological efficiency. Your nervous system is becoming rapidly more efficient. Now, what, what does that mean? I wrote down four things, depending on who you ask, it's, it could be other things, but the four that I wrote down would be Again, these are the neurological adaptations that are actually happening. We see better muscle recruitment, which is pretty simple. Your brain is better at telling your, your muscles to recruit more muscle, uh, more muscle fibers to accomplish a certain task. So more muscle fibers, you're going to be stronger. Also better at, at um, recruiting them in better synchronization. So contracting the muscles in the exact synchronization that you, uh, synchronization that you need them to perform a certain task. We also see improvements in neural drive, which means just your ability to work freaking hard, right? That ability to actually push yourself is going to improve over time. And that is, again, a neurological uh, adaptation. And so if you've never like gone anywhere close to failure, that is a skill. Being able to push through uh, and push yourself hard is a neurological adaptation that is specific to this one thing, weightlifting uh, or lifting heavy weight, but it's also in other factors as well, you know, hitting a tennis racket or a tennis ball or golf ball, which we'll talk about in a second. You also have more efficient motor patterns, which is pretty simple. It's just like you become more coordinated with the movement. You become better at the skill, the technique of squatting, which makes squatting take less energy, the actual coordination, which allows you to kind of put forth energy towards actually lifting more weight. So to get these neurological adaptations that improve strength, we actually need to lift heavy, right? The loads that you're lifting need to actually be heavy for you. And I say that because hypertrophy is less so. If we look at hypertrophy, we have a really wide rep range. Uh, we, we say that the hypertrophy rep range is somewhere between five and 30 
right? As long as you're getting close to failure and doing enough sets within the five to 30 rep range, you will grow. And that makes hypertrophy, in my opinion, kind of cool where there's, we kind of strip away the importance of the weight actually needing to be actually heavy. Now you do need to get close to failure. So things need to be relatively high intensity, but for neurological adaptations that improve strength, you need to actually be lifting heavy, heavy loads. And what that means is lifting in a lower rep range, right? Sets of, you know, one to eight on average. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit. Gotcha. Okay, so strength is a, remember, strength is a neurological adaptation. Other neurological adaptations are things like coordination and power. Those are other neuro, neuro, uh, other neurological adaptations, speed, right? Um, and while they are different than strength, they are neurological adaptations, and sometimes looking at those as comparable analogies can can help this um, this understanding that strength is a skill. And so if we look at, let's say, hitting a golf ball, the first time you ever hit a golf ball, you know, you probably sucked at it and you probably couldn't hit it very far and you couldn't hit it very straight. Um, and then six months later or five sessions later or one session later or 10 sessions later, whatever, over time in the immediacy, the, the short term, when you're making these quote newbie gains, you're gonna find that you can hit the ball much farther and much farther and much farther. Are you getting more muscular this whole time? No, because there are other components to, in this case, a combination of strength, coordination, and power, and technique that go into hitting a golf ball. But most of those are neurological adaptations. You're getting better at the technique. You, you know, your body and your nervous system is getting more efficient at recruiting the muscle fibers that it needs to. It's it's your you know figuring out your nervous system, figuring out how to you know increase power output and and rotational power. And so these neurological adaptations that allow you to hit a golf ball are very similar in the, in the in an analogous sense to neurological adaptations that make you stronger. Uh, they aren't. They are ways. To where you can lift more, in this case, hit a golf ball further without actually adding more muscle tissue. I always think of golf and I also think of tennis. I think of some of these guys who like just, you know, can hit a ball much harder than any bodybuilder. It's like, okay, they don't have more muscle than that bodybuilder, but they've uh, accrued these neurological adaptations, this power, this coordination, um, and, and, and some strength, obviously, that have allowed them to put power into this ball that somebody with more muscle might not be. Because this part, these neurological adaptations are in my, like the way that it works in my brain is they are skills that you can cultivate that are outside this growth of muscle tissue. Now, hopefully that sums things up kind of nicely. We're gonna move on to some other, you know, kind of tangent topics here. For starters, you're never getting just one of these things. Uh, we're being a little bit neurotic here, but you're, you're never just getting one. Even if you're strength training, you know, you're still gonna get some hypertrophy. Now, strength training provides optimal strength gains, duh. But it also is going to give you some hypertrophy, although suboptimal. And vice versa, if you're doing hypertrophy training, you are still making neurological gains. Trust me, if you're doing hypertrophy, you are absolutely getting stronger. Um, the best proxy we have for muscle growth is strength in the hypertrophy rep range. So there is a Venn diagram. You are always getting both. If you're doing hypertrophy, you're getting some strength. If you're doing strength, you're getting some hypertrophy. But this you know, how do I pick, we're gonna talk about in a second, is kind of up to you based on what I just said. Which of those things represents what you want most, you know, in the 1A, 1B sort of mentality of like, do you care mostly about lifting more weight and then also a little bit of hypertrophy? Or do you care mostly about building muscle and also some strength? That's going to kind of decide or help you decide which of the two you should do. I always like to imagine a Venn diagram. And when you are brand new, let's say you've never lifted a weight, that Venn diagram has almost entirely overlapped, right? So you almost have just like one circle. There's like a sliver on both sides of like, okay, here would be more strength gains, here would be more muscle growth. But what that Venn diagram is representing is that 
everything is new to you. And so if everything is new and you start hypertrophy training, you're gonna get a ton of neurological adaptations and a ton stronger right out of the gate, just like we talked about with the squat example. You're also gonna get a ton of hypertrophy because that's also super new to you. If you did strength training, you would get really strong. You would also get a lot of hypertrophy because that's also new to you. So we have this Venn diagram in the beginning that is almost entirely overlapped or just very much so overlapped. The more of an adaptation you get, the more you the more you lift, let's say in, in this example, the in the first year, second year, third year, as you go through your years of training, that Venn diagram is gonna start to split apart and there's gonna be less overlap. The more muscle you get, the more specific hypertrophy training you're gonna have to do to build more muscle. The stronger you get, the more specific strength or powerlifting and neurological training you're gonna have to do to get stronger. Those, the Venn diagram will split apart as you get more of one of those adaptations. I hope that made sense. It's like in the beginning you get strong and big no matter what you do. Newbies just grow like a weed, they get much stronger. But the more of an adaptation you get, the less, the more specific you'll have to be with your training, your dieting, whatever, your, your pursuit of that adaptation. So if your main goal is to get stronger without getting bigger, you'll likely lift on average with heavier loads, less reps, more rest, and less total sets. And if your main goal is to grow muscle, you'll likely lift in a more moderate rep range with moderate loads, moderate rest, and on average, more volume or more sets. So how do you choose and can you train for both? We're gonna answer them those two separately. So how do you choose? It is up to you. You guys have listened to this podcast for 13 minutes so far, and I'm sure if I say, hey, which of these is more important? Not is one of them important, the other one isn't, because I think most people would be like, hey, I wanna get strong. I also want to grow muscle, because maybe the growing muscle part is better for physique change and also provides some unique health benefits, where strength does as well, by the way. Um, and so maybe you're thinking there, you're scratching your head, you're like, you know what, actually I want both of these things. Okay, fine, you want both, but which of them is more important? If you had to rank them 1A and 1B, what would you rank them? Because that's going to dictate the type of training that represents what you just said you want. Um, and so the, the whole like, oh, it depends, it's up to you. It is, and it does. But here's my take for my personal answer to that question. And hopefully, again, I'm not trying to convince anybody to do anything, but this is my personal answer. Obviously, I'm, you know, maybe I'm biased or maybe it's just my opinion, but here we go. I personally, when I'm thinking about the type of training I wanna do, how strong I wanna be, how much hypertrophy I want, I want to be strong enough to get the health and lifestyle benefits of being strong. Being, listen, being strong is fucking important. You know, improvements, the strength, I'm, I'm gonna lump bone density into this, the, the actual like adding resistance to your muscles and your tendons and your bones, the benefits that come from that in terms of fighting sarcopenia and osteopenia and fighting against injuries and just frailty in general, I want those strength benefits. I want to lift the groceries up, you know, four flights of stairs in one trip every time for the rest of my life. I wanna be able to carry my kids. I want that day-to-day -day strength stuff. I want to be strong enough in my life to, you know, not have a strength limitation for stuff in my day-to-day -day life, right? I think we all want that. But once I've checked that box of like, hey, I can do everything in my day-to-day -day life, I can help my my parents move or myself move, I can carry my kids, lift the groceries, whatever it is. Once I've checked that box of like, hey, I'm strong enough for my day-to-day -day life, personally, myself, for me, I don't actually care about being stronger for stronger sake. Like, you know, I don't know who this was, but somebody said, once you can deadlift your body weight, everything else is for ego. And I don't necessarily agree with those numbers, but I do think at, at a certain point, like, what does, what's it, you know, what are the health benefits from, that, that you'll gain from deadlifting 200 pounds to deadlifting 400 pounds. I, I would say none, if not 
very diminished, right? I mean, you're freaking strong if you can deadlift 200 pounds and your tendons and joints and ligaments and bones and all of that stuff has have gotten those benefits of, you know, strengthening. Beyond that, like, okay, well, now I can deadlift 400 pounds. Am I healthier? It's like, okay, probably not, or at least a very diminishing return from where you were when you could deadlift 200 pounds. So once I've personally checked that strength box, I'm good. So the pursuit of getting even stronger from there isn't very important to me. And so I would rank them for me, hypertrophy one, strength two, because I know if I do hypertrophy style training, it will check all of those minimum strength boxes for life while also letting me change my physique, right? I want the health benefits of having more muscle, which is a laundry list, basically every freaking thing in the world, um, you know, from cognitive benefits to, to cardiovascular health to, to insulin sensitivity, all of this stuff. But I also want physique change. And so, you know, if we look at, if we look at that Venn diagram and we say, okay, in the middle of that Venn diagram is a ton of health benefits, a ton of strength and a good amount of hypertrophy, right? A good, it's, it's a lot of everything and a lot of health benefits. I want that. But then I have to kind of think, okay, do I also want more hypertrophy beyond that point or do I want more strength beyond that point? If I had to pick one, I would want more hypertrophy beyond that point. So I know that hypertrophy training for me is going to check all of my strength boxes. I, I can deadlift, you know, I can deadlift what, 400 pounds maybe. And, and you know, I've never done a lick of strength training in my life. Now I'm not trying to just use myself as an example, but if you're doing hypertrophy style training, you will sure as shit get stronger. Be, like very, very much stronger. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna do hypertrophy training. I'm just gonna gain muscle. I'm not actually gonna be strong. Fuck that, you're definitely gonna be strong. I'd also say that hypertrophy training on average is easier on the joints and the nervous system. But, you know, again, it's like a the joints thing is definitely a big deal. I think the pursuit of strength gains and the consistent use of super heavy loads over 20, 30 years uh, probably, or the research would support, leads to slightly more injury, let's say. So can you train for both? You can. Uh, I think most people are asking this in the context of, can I train for both at the same time? You can, because... You could do whatever you want. Uh, you know, we, you know, people out there call this power building, some mix between bodybuilding and power lifting. Here's my take on that. Um, you know, I think if you do power lifting, I think you'll, you'll be right in the center of that Venn diagram and you're gonna check all the health benefits of being strong and having muscle. And so if your goal is to be strong and have muscle and be healthy and get all the health benefits of resistance training, man, power, power building can be fine. Um, my... Take on that would be, I, I suppose, initially that there's a my, my like brain that that kind of is hardwired to thinking about what might be optimal. The downside is you're multitasking, right? And so, you know, because you're kind of doing both at the same time, you're going to get neither optimally. Now, that doesn't mean you'll you'll get neither at all. You'll absolutely get both, um, but you're going to get neither optimally. So, if you were really really focused on building muscle, then power building would be suboptimal. If you were really really focused on getting stronger, then it would be suboptimal. Again, if you're in that middle Venn diagram and you're like, I don't really care about optimally doing either, I kind of want a bit of both. And the biggest point would be you'd have to actually really enjoy this style of training for it to be something that I would recommend. Um, you know, when you think about power building, what, essentially what you're doing is you're doing hypertrophy training with the addition of some really low rep, really high load work. And so if we've already established that you can get all the strength benefits of like day-to-day -day life with hypertrophy training, then you would actually, if I'm, I'm thinking about a call on a client, we're talking about the style of programming they'd like to do, they'd have to actually express to me that they really, really enjoy from a quality of life perspective, really low rep, really high rep training, the actual pursuit of 
specific strength adaptations for me to include that because otherwise, you know, you can get more physique change easier on the joints without having to, you know, go in that like one to five rep range basically ever. And so that would be the thing. I would need somebody to express to me that that's actually something they either really freaking enjoy or really, really care about. Um, and, and now, you know, the idea of training for both, maybe you don't want to train for both simultaneously, but maybe you've heard of a word called periodization. Periodization essentially means, you know, cycling through different pursuits of different adaptations within a block of training. So maybe one block is strength and one block is speed and one block is hypertrophy and one block is power. And you wouldn't do it like that where you would flip flop between every different pursuit. But the idea of use, utilizing different blocks to potentiate gains in another block. And so if we're looking at power lifters, you're probably thinking by the end of this podcast, you're like, well, power lifters are always lifting for strength because that's what they care about. Yeah, most of the time they're lifting for strength, but sometimes they'll run hypertrophy phases because we know that a bigger muscle has the potential to be a stronger muscle. And so power lifters might want to put on some muscle and to optimally do that, they might run a hypertrophy block. And then after they've you know, spent whatever, however many uh, mesocycles doing hypertrophy, they've built some muscle more optimally, they'll switch back to more neurological training where they can, can put that new muscle to use. Contrastingly, you might see a hypertrophy athlete who primarily is doing hypertrophy training because they care about building muscle, occasionally run a strength training program for neurological adaptations so that when they return to their hypertrophy training, they can reap the, ben the benefits of those neurological adaptations, better neurological efficiency, et cetera. That said, most people do not need to worry about that level of periodization or periodization at all. I think you need to do a lot of hard work at you know uh, building muscle and strength and or strength before periodization really becomes something that comes into the fold for you. Now, if you have a coach, you know who's in tune with this level of periodization is going to take care of this for you, then that's great. It's going to be more optimal. But if you're out there and you're kind of doing it on your own and at the end of the day, it's really just not that important. It's not not important at all. And if you are in my group program, we're going to have some periodization. If you're my one-on-one -on -one client, we're going to have some periodization. But that that need for periodization is going to scale with how advanced you are, and it's going to start out really low, and it's never going to get above anything else, right? A periodization is not ever going to be more important than getting close to failure or proper technique or the proper amount of volume. All of that stuff is always going to be more important. But if you layer a really great program that has periodization and compare that to a really great program without periodization, I'll bet on the really great program with periodization. Uh, I guess additionally, there are some individual factors to consider. And so if you're building a, a neurological program or a strength training program or a powerlifting program, that program for you versus that program for somebody else might elicit slightly different stimulus. And so what might be you know uh, good for a neurological stimulus for one person might be not enough reps or not enough sets or too many sets or too many reps for somebody else. And while that, while that sounds like we're all special butterflies, uh, and, and while I do agree that individualization is, is, can, can be important, um, I'd say most people fall enough into the average where we can get really freaking close to that bullseye of what is neurological training for almost everybody. Um, I don't think every single person's like, well, I need to do seven, this person needs to do six reps, this person needs to do four reps, or five, or four and a half, or, you know, Getting that granular, if you're super advanced and your entire life is riding on the line, that's probably a good idea. But I'd say most people, almost everybody, by definition, falls into a bell curve where we most of us fall into an average where, you know, one program that's neurological for somebody else is probably neurological for somebody else. Again, 
Okay, so hopefully that answered your questions about the difference between strength and hypertrophy. Some of the key takeaways, I guess, just to close this down would be that I want you guys to think of hypertrophy as getting bigger, increasing in muscle size, and strength as getting better at lifting heavy stuff, and it's a skill. Hypertrophy is size, strength is a skill. And you can get stronger without getting bigger if you lift in a slightly lower rep range with higher loads, with more rest, with less sets, specifically pursuing neurological adaptations. If you're doing hypertrophy training, you will get really freaking strong. You will, just not as strong if you did specific strength training. But you will build more muscle and it's probably head to head better for physique change. And so depending on what matters to you, that's what you should pick. All right guys, see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.